At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Stuart Jacobson with the Arizona Department of Agriculture to talk about his experience with food safety. Stuart is the coordinator for ACT, the Agricultural Consultation and Training Program for the Arizona Department of Agriculture. He has been with the department for 37 years and has spent over 33 of those years in enforcement as an inspector, trainer, and program manager. Now with ACT, Stewart's role is consultation in food safety programs for leafy greens and other vegetables leading to the GIP Gap audit. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Whether farming traditionally in a field, growing hydroponically, or using other methods, Stewart assists in the development of food safety programs for the state of Arizona. Welcome to the show today, Stewart. Greg, thank you very much for having me here. This is great. Absolutely. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? I was hired by the Livestock Sanitary Board in 1978 as a meat and poultry inspector. That's going to the slaughterhouses and going to processing, Uh wholesale meat processing around the state. And working my way up, I became a trainer and then a supervisor and then a program manager, but that's all regulatory enforcement. Uh-huh. In 2011, I, I retired from meat and poultry inspection, handed in my badge and gave them my citation book and I didn't want to do this anymore. Uh-huh. But the director and Brett Cameron asked me if I would take on this position of uh, gift gap instructor and I didn't even know what that meant <laughs> but it's it's and it's a whole different language vegetables is a whole different language All right. a whole different culture than meat but food safety is food safety and I agreed to do it and since oh about August September 2011 I've had to ask some pretty dumb questions because <laughs> it is a new field for me right I don't know I don't know vegetable growing but I'm learning but food safety, like I said, food safety is food safety, and being clean is being clean. Yeah. So that's where I am today. Perfect. So the reason I actually asked you onto the show today was to talk about this GIP Gap training. And I, I actually went to the training uh, a few years ago. When, you guys have been doing it here in, since, what, 2011? Yes, We've been doing it since early 2011. Kurt Nolte, Dr. Kurt Nolte from Cooperative Extension, Yuma County, has developed a training program based on the USDA uh, AMS, Agricultural Marketing Services, GIP Gap on-farm verification audit. Wow, that's a mouthful. 
that's a mouthful. <laughs> but we do, we just call it Gip Gap. It's uh-huh. good handling practices, good agricultural practices. So that's spelled and that's spelled G H P. The acronym is G H P slash G A P. Yes, gaps are what you do on the farm for food safety. Oh, all right. Good agricultural practices. Uh-huh. Where good handling practices is after harvest. Oh, what very do you do good. after harvest to assure your customers that you're doing everything you can to produce a safe food product? Mm-hmm. And it might have to do with water. It might have to do with uh, cleaning your tabletops or your knives or your equipment, right. washing your hands, wearing clean clothes, mm-hmm. making sure that your employees are not sick. Oh, yeah, that's a big oh, one, isn't it? Oh, that's a very big thing, sure. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of human pathogens that can be spread like that. Right. Anyhow, Kurt developed this training program. We go around the state putting on the free programs and we tailor this exactly to the audience. For example, if most of the grower most of the people that are gonna attend the training session is from Nogales or Rio Rico area, this is pretty much all warehouses and transportation. Oh, so right. that's what we that's what we focus on. When there's no growers down there, there's no reason for us to go into the growing sections mm-hmm. or the harvesting sections or the processing sections where we go to some other section like the Phoenix where we have a lot of growers and no transportation, then we'll focus on the growing and the harvesting and the processing right. of of fresh fruits and vegetables to assure that what you're doing is safe. We give out training books and we give out, we issue little flash drives uh-huh. with all of the forms and everything you need. And my position is to sit down with a grower or whoever wants uh, to be certified mm-hmm. and actually develop a a program that will pass the audit. So it's like teaching to the test is exactly what we're doing. Cool. And we've had we've had really good success. Uh-huh. I will say that. Yes, sir. Now I didn't go through the the certification part. I just came to the education piece. So let's let's actually start there. Let's talk about what you what what do you teach in GipGap training? You know, so that our listeners kind of get a sense of you know what there is to talk about. There are six sections to the GIPGAP audit, depending on what part of the industry you deal with. If you're growing, then you're growing. Small growers grow, harvest, and process, but large growers only grow, and they contract harvest. And the contract harvester will take this over to a processing house. So you have three different facilities that may be involved in one operation. Mm-hmm. Each one of those has to have a different certification because the harvester is not growing, nor is he processing, and the processor is not harvesting or growing. So each person, each operation is specific as to what they're doing. So we teach to that. And when you think about it, a lot of it's common sense. Uh Wash Wash your hands, wash your equipment, use clean bags and boxes to for your produce right make sure your water is potable soap water towels mm-hmm. things like things like this is what we deal with on the farm it's manure water right soil and employees all right because 
employees could be a really big part of contamination. Uh-huh. If the employees are not feeling well and they're they're dripping no nasal fluids uh-huh. or they cut themselves, right. what are you going to do? Is that product salvageable or is it trashed? What do you do with the employee? Right. We have to think through that. Well, you don't have to if you've got a plan, and got that's it. what we're going to do. You and I, if you decide that you wanted to be certified, uh-huh. you and I would sit down and develop a plan. we develop uh-huh. a standard operating procedure, an SOP. You know, government loves acronyms. Uh-huh. We develop an SOP for this specific instance. If this person does this, here's what we're going to do. If this happens, here's what we're going to do. Uh, it's not so common here in Phoenix, but in Yuma, right. they have a lot of porta potties, for example, because oh, yes. they have very large farms. What if one of those starts leaking? Mm-hmm. What if the wind blows it over? Oh, right. So uh, here in the valley, you might be using your home bathroom, or you might be using um, a farm bathroom, if you will. Uh-huh. And what happens if that overflows? Is that going to contaminate your, your right. fields? So all these things have to be written down, and it's not it's not important that it goes into pages and pages and pages. Just tell me what we would do. Yes. If this happens, what do you do? Yeah, exactly. And that's the crux. You, you're going to develop a written manual, a book mm-hmm. about everything that is important or everything, all the questions in the audit. Mm-hmm. And this is voluntary, Greg. This is not a mandatory right. a program at this time. It's pretty much market-driven purchase specs, if you will. If you're going to go take your produce to a market or a store or a restaurant and they don't require any certification, Uh then that's pretty cool. You can do that. But if they require some kind of food safety certification, then you might have to get GIPGAP. And and GIPGAP is on the realm of food safety audits. It's the most basic, the most lenient, and all other audits, mm-hmm. whether it's private or government, is more restrictive than GIPGAP. Got it. So really, if your buyer requires a food safety certification and you say, will you accept GIPGAP, and they say yes, then you're good to go with that. Right. If they say, no, we want a harmonized GAP, for example, or we want Primus, then that's where you have to go. Go a little higher. Got it. The, yes, sir. The, the thing I liked about the training class, it was a two-day training class when I did it. Uh, and the thing I liked about it was mostly I was getting data on things that I didn't know. Like how long after you place manure on your crops can you actually harvest it? And you cover those kinds of things, right? Yes, we do. Yeah. The, uh, the Gip Gap audit says that if you're using raw manure, mm-hmm. then you have to... You, you incorporate it into the soil, and you can plant no sooner than 10 days, I think it is, or 14 days. I think it's 10 days. And you have to harvest 90 days, right. no sooner than 90 days. So for really fast crops, as in spinach or radishes, uh-huh. that won't work real good. Oh, right, exactly. You need but an... if, if you're using composted manure, that's a whole different ballgame. Right. And... If you're going to use composted manure, we would expect to see some kind of scientific data 
to show that it is a safe product. Mm -hmm. That you just didn't throw some manure in the pile, let it sit there for a month and say, oh, it's compost, it's cool. You're going to have to show me some kind of uh, laboratory analysis and Mm -hmm. protocol. Whose protocol did you use to compost this? For example, if you say I'm going to use uh, Cornell University's protocols, then I expect to see that. Right. I expect to see those records that are associated with Cornell's protocol. Mm-hmm. If if Cornell says you have to use a 18-inch thermometer to get in the middle of the pile, and your thermometer is only 12 inches, then it don't qualify because you're not using their protocols. Got it. So really, the, okay. yeah, absolutely. So really, the the framework of GipGap is framework to help us as farmers put food safety systems in place. So it's really, it's a systems-based process. That's exactly right. It's it's absolutely systems-based. And it's based on really what you're doing. If you don't use manure, then that section doesn't apply to you. Uh, If you don't have any employees, then that section on employee training may not apply to you, if you will. Right. But if you are using it, then you need to be in compliance with the way the program is run. Yeah. And Greg, this is a national program. Uh-huh. It is it's USDA originated uh, through USDA's Agricultural Marketing Service (AMS). Right. It, it's it's there's there's no secrets. Everything is above board. The the audit and all information is available from their website. And you can sit there and read this audit and read their books all day long. Mm-hmm. It's not secret. They're, they're not trying to right. catch you or get you. It's you say you're doing this, show me. In your yeah. manual, in your SOP, you say you're doing this. Now show me you're doing it. That's what it's about. Yeah. Food safety and you being able to prove that you're doing what you say you're doing. Right. And that, that's what I was, uh, about your training that you guys did gave to us, that's what I was so impressed with was it's, it's, it's just, you were simple, it was upfront, and you basically laid out a, a framework or a plan for us to follow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's based directly on the audit. Yeah. All the questions are word, almost word for word for the audit. Perfect. One of the most important parts, I want to talk about traceability uh-huh. for a minute. Right, traceability is is the ability to recall a product uh-huh. if you have to. If there's a problem with something you've sold, mm-hmm. how are you going to get it back? All right, we require some kind of a code number, and if you look at fruits, produce, a lot of times it comes with a UPC number, right, which is linked to somebody's traceability code someplace. Uh huh. It's not haphazard on there. It's it's there for a reason. Got it. Okay. Perfect. So let's talk. About, I have a couple of questions that may, may be super simple to you, but are, to our listeners that might not be. And so why, number one, why is food safety important? Well, we all eat. <laughs> that we do. And if, if the food that you are eating is contaminated with a pathogen, uh-huh. you're going you're gonna to get sick. That's why it's important. Mm-hmm. And this program is prevention. And that was going to be my we, that was that was going to be my second question. Why is GipGap? <laughs> why is GipGap important? Well, it it's 
things happen on a farm. Right. It shows that the grower is doing everything possible to produce a, a good food right. safe uh, a safe food source. Perfect. But things happen in life, and we all are aware of this. Yeah. That all of a sudden now you've got some little contamination on your spinach because a bird pooped on them, and it wasn't caught. Right. Okay. Well, that things like this happen. You should have caught it. But you didn't. Matter of fact, there's a one section of the of the growing audit, uh-huh. which is called a pre-harvest analysis, oh. where you're actually going in the field and looking for hazards, uh-huh. whether whether oh, it's uh, right. animal droppings or uh-huh. fur or hair or feathers or something broken glass that would contaminate the product that would cause somebody to get sick. Pre-harvest assessment. Right. Perfect. So can you discuss group gap? Yeah, group gap is a, a very new program from USDA. Matter of fact, they just rolled out the program on April 5th. Oh, wow. Of this year. Yeah, so, so very new. It's, it's a brand new program. And what it, it does is gets a bunch of growers to co- cooperate together. And they may save money uh, on a, on an audit. They may save money on resources. Oh, very Each good. Gro- you like that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Every farmer has to have a GIP gap or harmonized gap food safety certification. Uh-huh. And it's all, I can't say all of it's internal, but most of the inspections are internal, where the group hires a internal auditor to actually go on the farm and audit, uh-huh. as a USDA inspector would. And once a year, a USDA uh-huh. will come out and pick out a certain number of farms to go look at and right. check out the paperwork of the group mm-hmm. to, to make sure to assure that all of, all of the things are being done correctly. Right. So we have a group in Maricopa County, matter of fact, that meets tonight, Tuesday night, over at Cooperative Extension on Broadway. Uh-huh and discuss how-tos, what-fors, and uh, talking about problems that they've encountered. So it is a real program here in Arizona and here in Maricopa County. Uh-huh. Far out. It's a community program. Get your community together and do it together. Oh, that's exactly right. Love it. And a lot of farmers are very, uh, very closed about what they're doing. Right. They don't want to share their how do I grow my corn or how do I grow my zucchini? But other growers are very, hey, this is the way I do it. And everybody learns. Right. And if you're having problem with something, maybe somebody's already had that problem and mm-hmm. they can tell you how to get bigger zucchini or how to harvest your zucchini so it doesn't, doesn't have brown spots all over it. Right. Fantastic. So, Current projects you're working on, I asked you that question in our pre-conversation, and you came up with uh, FISMA, as you called it. Can you talk about FISMA? What is it? Yeah, let me, let me, let me discuss that. First, uh, two projects that I'm working on. One is the Group Gap. I'm a consultant to the Group Gap here uh-huh. in, uh, in Maricopa County. It's right. called Grown in Arizona. Oh, nice. And Yes, sir. And the second one is FISMA, the Food Safety Modernization Act. And this is going to... This is going to change the way farms are doing business, if you will. Right. This is the first time in 
American history that FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, is going on farm as a required regulatory mandatory inspection. Uh-huh. And they uh, FDA has given the states the option of picking up the inspection and education of the Food Safety Modernization Act. Wow. And I think that the Arizona Department of Agriculture is going to get involved with education, which I will be involved in, uh-huh. and the on-farm inspection, compliance, and enforcement. Oh, wow. And uh, truthfully, if you have a program as in uh, Arizona, California, Leafy Green Marketing Agreement, LGMA, uh-huh. you're already doing more than what's required by FSMA. Oh, very good. And if you, yeah, if you have a program such as Harmonize Gap or Gip Gap, you're already 98% there. Oh, wow. So the folks that are already certified are going to have a real easy segue into FSMA requirements if they, if they are not exempted from the program. So this isn't necessarily as big and, and uh, bad as some people might think. No, it's just going to be very different. Yeah. This is the first, like I said, this is the first time that anybody is going to do an on-farm inspection. An inspection is not an audit. An audit is, are you doing what you say you're doing? Uh, an on-farm inspection is holding you to a national standard. Got it. And if you're not, there's going to be some regulatory repercussions as an embargoing and fining and maybe even trashing your product. Hmm. All right. Well, there you go. So earlier in our pre-conversation, I asked you if the FSMA was a good or bad thing, and your response was? <laughs> it all depends on what side of the fence you're on. Well, there you if go. If you're exempted, it's a really good thing. And yeah. if uh, if you're covered, it may not be a good thing. But that all depends on your operation and how you're doing it. Yeah. You know, everybody does things a little bit differently. So... If you're a large grower and you're well into compliance, uh-huh. then it's a good thing because it's actually showing you're doing the right thing. Uh-huh. And if you're kind of a nasty little farmer that you don't take care of your equipment and you uh-huh. just throw your manure out there, then it's gonna it's a good thing for the public. Yeah, I was gonna it say that's a good thing for you, but it's good for the public for because the public. your product may not be in the market anyplace yeah. anymore. All right, perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So I'm going to shift on you a little bit, um, and I'd like to know what you consider your biggest success. My biggest, the biggest success is first of all learning how to speak vegetables. Oh yes, <laughs> uh, it's different. It's different than meat in poultry. Right. But my, I, I think my my biggest success is consulting with operations and then having them certified. That's a really good feeling. Yeah, I can get Once that. Once they go through the audit, and they pass with 98, 99, 100%. Mm-hmm. It's really a good feeling that you did good. Yeah. Cool. What drives you? Food safety. Food safety? I'm a food safety inspector for almost 40 years. Wow. Uh, I can't get that out of my system. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I understand that. Um, what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? A final piece of advice for listeners and growers, harvesters, packers, keep it clean. Yeah. It's good for you and it's good for the public, for your, for your customers. 
Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Stuart. It's been a treat to chat with you. Well, Greg, thank you so much for inviting me. And you and I have known each other for many, many years. Yep. And uh, I, I hope to be associated with you for a lot longer, too. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Absolutely. And I, you know what? I'm, I'm a small farmer. Uh, pretty much just grow for my friends and family. And I went and took your Gip Gap training and I can't say enough how great it was and how much I learned. It was, it was a learning experience for me and I've been growing for 40 years. So excellent. I'm glad we were able to give you some good tips. Yeah. And if you come away from our training or our consultations with a couple of ideas, how to make yeah. your farm or your operation better yeah. and safer, I'm a happy boy. Yeah. <laughs> whether or not whether or not you audit, that's that's a concern, but it's not so much of my concern as making sure you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Perfect. 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 So, how can our listeners get more information about the Gip Gap training? They can go on to USDA AMS website, and it's audits and verification, and okay. then look at Gip Gap, or they can just Google. Uh, GIPGAP, G-H-P slash G-A-P, and it should take them to that site. They can get more information. They, they can also email me at sjacobson, J-A-C-O-B-S-O-N, at A-Z-D-A dot gov. Perfect. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Stuart, for being on the show today. Greg, thank you for having me, and it was a pleasure. I, I enjoyed this. Absolutely. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.